Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Elite Titans podcast. I'm your host, the Canadian Titan, and we got our asses kicked. We got our asses kicked pretty bad. And I don't, I don't really want to dwell on it uh, that long, but I'm going to talk just a little bit about the Tennessee Titans getting routed by the Arizona Cardinals. Now, before I get into that, you can follow me, the Canadian Titan, on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan. You can follow the podcast at Elite Titans Pod, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Anchor, and I think that's it, but you're probably listening on Spotify. So let's talk the Cardinals. I know you don't want to talk about it because I don't want to talk about it, and it's been talked about a lot by a bunch of better podcasts, but there's a few things I do want to discuss, and we're going to separate it into what was really bad and what was really good. And I think the most obvious really bad thing has to be the offensive line. Taylor Lewan got shredded. Our right tackle position, David Questenberry, got embarrassed. And it wasn't just our tackles, it was the entire offensive line. The, the hogs that we believed in to help Derrick Henry rush for another 2,000-yard season don't really seem that capable of getting the job done. Nate Davis and Roger Saffold both had their own fuck-ups. And Ben Jones, for better or for worse, was not really a factor. I don't know about you guys. I, I really want to just chalk it up to the week one mystique and uh, not believe that this is going to be what is going to happen throughout the rest of the season. But I do have concerns. Taylor Lewan is coming off of an ACL injury. And I, like many of you on Titans Twitter, believed that he was back. Nashville's dad was back and everything was going to be fine because he was ready to play week one. And I think we may have overestimated just what being back means for Taylor Lewan. He's not 100%. There's no way that he's 100%. He's not the same left tackle he was before he tore his ACL at this point. I'm optimistic that he will get there as the weeks go on. But our first couple games, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle... A lot. And it makes you wonder why Todd Downing, offensive coordinator, didn't game plan for that. Your first game back from an ACL tear 11 months ago is against Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt and Marcus Golden of the Arizona Cardinals, all pretty damn good pass rushers. And maybe Lawan was saying, don't worry, coach, I got it. But it was pretty clear that he didn't have it after, what, two, three series? I don't think benching Taylor Lewan and putting in Kendall Lamb or Questenberry or Tyson Braylor or whoever is the right answer. Don't get me wrong, but maybe some tight end help is necessary. Maybe we can't go into the three wide receiver sets as frequently as we would like. At least until Taylor Lewan is able to kick out better than he did on Sunday. There were times when Chandler Jones pretty much just 
jogged around Taylor Lewan. He's not 100%, and that much is clear. I'm not just going to rag on Taylor Lewan because the right side of the line was also disastrous. Lucky for them, the left side was just a lot worse. David Questenberry is a fantastic story. He's done a lot to come back from cancer in the NFL, and in spot starting last year, he was effective. But I don't know how many times I can watch David Questenberry cut a defender and have the defender just run around him. We need Dylan Radins to be the guy faster than we thought we did. And I understand that Dylan Radins was inactive for Sunday's game against the Cardinals, but I don't know how much worse it can get. I don't know how much worse putting putting Dylan Radins in there would be compared to what we saw on Sunday. And maybe that's just a week one overreaction. I know that I saw a lot, a lot of those overreactions all over Twitter as the game went on in the following days. Y'all motherfuckers love to react. And what else was bad? The defense. The defense was bad. Now, I do get the sense that some of you believe the defense was just as bad as last year. And, oh no, they gave up 53% of third downs compared to 51% last year. How did they get worse? This is one of those moments where you need to relax. You need to relax because, well, it's not as bad as it was last year. It just looks that way because... We got our asses kicked. And we got our asses kicked because the offense couldn't do anything and consistently put the defense into terrible positions. I think it was the first four offensive drives for the Arizona Cardinals only yielded 10 points despite being really good field position. The mistakes of the offense negatively impacted the defense And I think that kind of plays a role into how bad they were on Sunday. Now, this isn't to say that they were good and it's because of the offense that they were bad. There were still multiple instances of lining up 10 yards off the line of scrimmage to cover DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. And we know as fans that that's clearly not the way to win. So it's interesting to me that the coaches are deciding to still trot this out. Now, one other thing that I thought was really, really bad was our wide receivers. Julio Jones, not A.J. Brown, but the the wide receiver core as a whole was disappointing. A.J. Brown did his thing still, despite only having eight targets, But the whole wide receiver core has been built up in the minds of fans to be among the best. And they definitely didn't show it on Sunday. Now, a lot of that can definitely be be placed on Ryan Tannehill because he wasn't able to get the ball out or blame it on the offensive line because they didn't afford Ryan Tannehill the opportunity to get the ball out. 
But Julio Jones dropped three passes. The chemistry just wasn't there. And any time Chester Rogers has your most receiving yards, like that's not what we want. That's not what we had expected when we traded for Julio Jones. It's kind of funny that heading into the season, it was pick your poison, uh, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, and all three of them were poorly, poorly, just, they were, it was trash. It was very hard to watch. It didn't feel like the same offense of the last two years. It felt like the offense of 2015, 2014, Mike Heimerdinger, when we were just, I don't know, a fish out of water. Now, I'm not too concerned because that kind of leads me into what I thought was good. I've seen many clips on Twitter of certain plays that showed the offense actually wasn't terrible. The wide receivers, the, the route combinations, these things were actually interesting and, and exciting and, and effective. But Ryan Tannehill just didn't have the time. Now, obviously, if he doesn't have the time, he's not going to get the ball out. He's not going to get the ball out. Then the offense isn't going to be effective. So how is this a good thing? Well, it's good because, well, there's hope. And hope is always good. Another part of the team that was good, actually, I thought Harold Landry was fantastic. Harold Landry, the whole front was actually getting a decent amount of pressure throughout the game. It just seemed that for whatever reason, they were more focused on containing Kyler Murray than tackling him. If you watch that third down play where Kyler Murray was scrambling around all in the backfield and dodging defenders and he side-armed a pass to, to Rondell Moore, it really seemed like Jeffrey Simmons and Bud Dupree weren't trying to take him down, but were just trying to keep Kyler Murray in front of him. And I don't know if that was a defensive directive. I don't know if that was just what they had game planned but it seemed pretty apparent to me that they didn't want to risk giving up the big run from Kyler Murray. Uh, They wanted them to beat him with his arm. So there was pressure. It just didn't result in the kind of sack production that we had wanted. But that's still a good thing going forward. Another good thing, I thought Christian Fulton played out of his mind. Now he was playing... He was covering A.J. Green, and, and we've come to the conclusion that A.J. Green should have retired years ago, but he still looked good. There was that pass breakup that he had in the end zone, would have been a touchdown, uh, and he got his head around, he knocked that shit out of the air, and I was pretty, pretty happy about that. Christian Fulton is probably the guy we need to step up the most heading into the season, and even more so after week one. Another really good player I thought was Amani Hooker. Amani Hooker was everywhere. Every time I looked up, I saw Amani Hooker doing something, trying to make a tackle, shedding a block uh, in coverage. I thought he was very effective. And that's unfortunate because Amani Hooker just landed on IR with an injury that he sustained in the game against the Cardinals. And that kind of brings us to a, 
a, a dilemma because we don't really have that much quality safety depth. I'm seeing a lot of reports that McDougal, Bradley McDougal, is going to uh, fill in former Seattle Seahawk, and I've reason to believe that that's that he'll be sufficient. But you just really hate to see it for Amani Hooker, who was poised to have an absolute breakout year. So that was the bad. That was the good. I'm glad to leave the Arizona game in the past. And I really want to talk now about the overreacting. This is my first full year on Titans Twitter. Kind of joined midway through uh, the season last year and had a good time joking around with y'all. And and I didn't really tweet out that much. I just kind of watched. But this was my first time in a week one game, fresh off all of the high expectations, uh, dealing with the sort of fallout of fans who are pissed off because the team didn't come out firing on all cylinders. Y'all fucking crazy. You, like, chill out. I saw some posts saying that the Titans aren't going to win a game until fucking November. I saw, oh, we're starting 0-9, might as well tank the season. I saw, might as well tank for the first pick. And I gotta believe that that's an emotional response. But I got into it with a user on Twitter talking about their emotional response, and it led to me getting blocked. I don't know why it's so difficult for some of you people out there to just acknowledge, yeah, I'm pissed off. That doesn't mean everyone needs to be fired. Oh no, the defense is trash. Fire Shane Bowen. Get Jim Schwartz out here. Stop. We need to fire Mike Vrabel. I saw today that Mike Vrabel should have been gone last year. What? Mike Vrabel should have been gone after he won. He helped the Tennessee Titans win the division? Because what? Because they lost to Baltimore? And I don't, I don't get it. These overreactions. And maybe I can hope that these are just people who are trolling. That these are just people who are having a laugh for whatever reason. Like, oh, let me just see who I can rile up. Because, hey, shit, that's funny. I'm fine with that. But if you're really believing, oh, man, our offense is going to be shit this year. Our defense is going to be bottom of the league worse than last year. Fucking chill out. It's week one. Last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts. Week one, and then went on to shit the bed for 15 other games. The Browns got destroyed week one, if I recall correctly, and they went on to be some darling dark horse Super Bowl contender. There is nothing, there is nothing that you can really glean from week one. Like, you can definitely say, well, shit, Taylor LeJuan's not 100%. Like, you can make certain observations or individual observations like that, but team success? Week one last year, the Titans barely beat 
the Denver Broncos. But we went on to win 11 games and still have one of the best offenses in the league. So fucking cool your Jets. Relax. Take a chill pill, as we used to say back in my day. I want to address another thing, another overreaction that I've been seeing a lot online. Uh, The kicker position. Money Badger, whatever the fuck Michael Badgley's name is, um, clearly wasn't a good kicker. I don't know why we decided to trot him out for that long field goal attempt on fourth down instead of just, I don't know, taking a shot. But he's gone. And the Tennessee Titans clearly have a kicking curse. We've acknowledged this. But spare me the idea that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel aren't taking the kicking problem seriously when we've had, what, 12 kickers over the last two years, nine of whom have kicked in games? That's evidence of the coaching staff trying to fix the problem. Now, the, the, the Titans brought in somebody to help coach kicking. If that's not trying to fix the problem, what the fuck are you guys expecting? You guys can't literally believe the Titans are going to trade a first or second round pick for Justin Tucker. You can't believe that that's a real option. This isn't Madden. You can't just do that shit. You can't tell me that the Titans aren't trying to fix this problem. And listen, I don't know why when kickers leave Tennessee and go to other places that they're effective, I have no idea why that is. I understand maybe Ryan Suckup just needed a little more time to get back from his injury, but the other kickers whose names currently escape me, Santos, Cairo Santos, he became effective after he left, if I recall, and I think we should have kept Cody Parkey, if we're being completely honest, with his double-doinking ass. But... You can't say that the Titans aren't trying. And bringing in Michael, whatever whatever his fucking name is, bringing him in to be the practice squad guy before Sam Ficken got hurt the Friday before the game, it wasn't an ideal situation. But I don't think that this is negligence on the part of the Titans. So once again, yeah... Our kicking game's going to suck. Get over it. Stop freaking out about it. Just, I don't know, be like me. Believe the Titans are going to just go for two. Never go for field goals. Punt or go for it on every fourth down. That's probably the best game plan, if we're being honest. And speaking of game plan, let's talk about the upcoming game against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I tried to start some shit between Seattle Seahawks fans, but it turns out there's not many Seattle Seahawks fans. And if there are, there's not any that seem to care about a Canadian who is talking shit about pulling the panties to the side and butt-fucking the Seahawks. Because I only got one or two interactions, and they were really, really lazy. But I think this is a perfect rebound game. I'm uh, actually quite happy 
that it's not a gimme game, that it's going to be a difficult game, a game against a tough team that just put their own foot on another AFC South team, the Colts. Maybe this is the kind of competition that we need. I'm not saying that Arizona wasn't quality competition. Of course they were. They just kicked our ass. But I don't think the Titans need a cakewalk at this point. I don't think they need to be patting themselves on the back after a 38-3 win over the Houston Texans. They need a hard-fought battle against a team who is trying their absolute best to win the game because they need every win they can get in a super tough division. Seattle's not going to come in here and go, oh, well, Arizona kicked their ass, so we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to steamroll them. They're not going to say that. They're going to try really hard to win the game. And this is the kind of competition that the Titans need. Now, what I think is going to happen, I think the Titans are going to win the game, but I think the Titans are going to win every game. So don't, don't read too much stock into what the fuck I'm saying. But I think the Titans have certain advantages here. I think this is a good game for the Titans. One, I don't believe that the Seattle Seahawks defense is that good. I know they sacked Carson Wentz, what was it, four times? They hit him 15 times. But one, Carson Wentz sucks. Two, the Colts don't have a left tackle. Julian Davenport is not a serviceable left tackle. And a couple of their players are coming off of injury and or the COVID list. So maybe it's possible, and I know this sounds a little ludicrous because the Titans just had their... uh, own panties pulled to the side against the Cardinals, but this is an opportunity for offensive line to to get right, to have a week of practice where they can really gel and face a front line that's actually not that great. They got some young guys. Um, They have a rookie whose name currently escapes me, who played well in week one, and Awasa, I want to say it's Awasa... That's embarrassing. I should have wrote it down. But they have a decent front line. And the Titans offense should be able to exert their will on them. I'm expecting to see a lot of Derrick Henry. I'm expecting to see a lot of quick passes to A.J. Brown. And I'm really hoping that Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf don't absolutely dummy us. I'm not worried about Gerald Everett. He'll get some catches because the Titans are always bad against tight ends. And I'm really not worried about Chris Carson because I think he's wildly overrated. But I'm kind of worried about Tyler Lockett. And what I would really like to see with the injury uh, to a money hooker, I'd really like to see Elijah Molden get some more snaps. And at this point, put Caleb Farley out there against DK Metcalf. Try and match the size and the speed because I'm not trying to have Jack Rabbit Jenkins against DK Metcalf. I don't really want Jack Rabbit against Tyler Lockett either. And that's not to disrespect Jack Rabbit Jenkins. I'm a huge Jack Rabbit guy. But I think this is a good opportunity to really see what our young guys can do against good talent, not elite talent. It's a prime opportunity. And that's why I think the Tennessee Titans are going to win this game. It's not just 
me being a, a super fan, there's real reasons why I believe that this is going to happen. And I really hope it happens because I'm going to start talking a lot of shit. And if the Titans don't win, then I have to hear about it. Much like I had to hear about it after they got destroyed by the Cardinals. And that's going to do it for me today. Uh, not a super long podcast, but I'm just so glad, even though we got destroyed, I'm so glad that there's actual, real, meaningful football. Meaningful football, not preseason football. And that actually brings me to one more point I really want to make, because I just kind of want to rub it in the faces of a bunch of people who are not going to listen to this. But this is my platform and I can do what I want, so I will. It was clearly the wrong move not putting out the starting offense and the starting defense in the preseason. This idea that we should bubble wrap our players so they don't get hurt is insane. Injuries can happen at any time. Yeah, it would totally suck if it happened in the preseason. And you'd probably say, wow, Mike Vrabel, you're a fucking idiot. I get it. But Mike Vrabel's looking like a fucking idiot week one when our offensive line is tits and our defense looks just as bad as last year. He looks like a fucking idiot. And at least we could have game planned for it a little bit better if we understood what it looked like. And I got into many arguments about the chemistry between Julio Jones and Ryan Tannehill And I have people tell me, well, Julio Jones is a future Hall of Famer. He doesn't need any time. He'll be be meshing with Ryan Tannehill midway through the game. Uh, I'm sorry, you're fucking wrong. Clearly, the lack of chemistry between Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones mattered. It mattered a lot. And you know how you could have built that chemistry? Playing a couple snaps in the preseason. Getting some live reps against real opponents as opposed to just the people you practice against. I think it was a huge disservice to not only the fans, but the players to not put them out in the preseason, to not have your starting offense and your starting defense get some reps together. Now, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and that's not going to do anything for us now, so I won't harp on it any longer. That's going to do it for me. I'm Ethan Jordan. I am the Canadian Titan. You can follow me on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan, where I will constantly be giving various takes and trying to start as much shit as possible because I like to have fun and you should like to have fun too. This has been the Elite Titans podcast. And remember, I'm not a homer. I'm just an Elite Titans fan. Tighten up and fuck the Seahawks.